Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing. We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love. This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable, bring your trauma and your drama, and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to to Mr. and Mrs. Mrs. Therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We started a series on the five love languages. So we did an episode talking about just the overview of the five love languages. And then in the last episode, we talked about words of affirmation. So if you haven't already listened to that, go back and listen to those, and we'll meet you back here. Today, we're going to be jumping into another one of the five love languages, and this one will be acts of service. But before we do that, if you haven't already left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'd be so appreciative if you took the time to do that. All right, let's jump into today's episode. So we're talking about acts of service today. And this is actually both Tim and my highest love language or our primary love language. And it's funny because my love languages are actually different when I'm with Tim versus when I'm with friends and family and other people. And for me, acts of service for friends and family is actually, I think, my second lowest one. But because of the season that Tim and I are in with having five kids and running a business, acts of service definitely is both of our primary love language. And for me, part of it is I really need help around the house and I need help with the kids. And Tim is always so helpful. It doesn't feel like the burden is just on me to raise our children or to run the household. But for these acts of service, when I feel that he goes above and beyond or he does things knowing and thinking about me and knowing that I have extra things on my plate this week, and he really picks it up to ease the burden for me, that speaks volumes for me. So acts of service are really any actions that the other person takes to pick up responsibilities of another person or to help them out. And in the context of love languages, it means doing things that you know your partner wants you to do or would really bless them and help them. And it involves a thoughtful consideration of their needs and their preferences And there's a couple of key characteristics that we'll go into as we talk about it. So one of the key characteristics is helpfulness. So that's actions that directly alleviate some level of responsibility, stress, or work from your partner. So this is something where if you see they're doing this thing on a regular basis and you just kind of swoop in and you just do it for them, that that will really make them feel great. It'll make them feel thought of. It'll help them to feel more relaxed. But this is something that you do have to stop and carefully consider like, okay, what is a helpful thing? I think uh, I seen this video 
and they were talking about, oh, we're having guests come over. We need to like clean up the house. And so the wife's right around cleaning up the house and then the husband's outside blowing the leaves. And then she's like, no, I need you in here cleaning up the house. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. And then all of a sudden he's like walking around with a paint can and he's painting the trim on the outside of the house. And so he's doing acts of service, but those acts of service aren't falling underneath what she was specifically needing for him to do. And so it wasn't very helpful and she was getting frustrated in this scenario. So if your partner is acts of service, you do want to stop and carefully consider what are the things that I normally see them doing? Or you can even ask them, but what do I normally see them doing? And if I take that off of their plate, and that will make them feel loved and cared for. Well, for sure. Every week, I normally vacuum the house. And there are times where I'll come home from taking the kids to our classical conversations group. And it's been a long day for me. And I come back, and it's already vacuumed. And even though it may seem small to other people, when I came home, I was like, oh my gosh, Tim, thank you for vacuuming. And it's not because he's not willing to vacuum at other times, but it's something that has just fallen into that kind of roles and routines for us. And so when he goes above and beyond and does something that I normally do, it makes a big difference to me. And like that key characteristic, it is helpful. He's not painting the outside of the trim when I really need that help inside. Another key characteristic to acts of service is thoughtfulness. And this is really understanding what your partner needs and acting on it a lot of times without being asked. And so when I came home, I didn't ask Tim to vacuum and I did not expect him to vacuum. And so I knew that he was being thoughtful and he may have even said, hey, I know you had a long day or I know we had to get this done before we had people over. But I knew that he was thinking of me and that he was really trying to bless me in this. And so a good way to think about this is if your partner asks you to do it, you get a benefit from doing it. But if you do it without them asking, it's like you get 75% more benefit. So it's like you're at the store and you see a product and it'll say, oh, it's 15% or 20% more or larger than it was before. And this is basically the same kind of thing, but it's 75%. You get 75% more for doing the same action as if compared to you did it when your partner asked you to. So if you can identify those things and just do it without them asking you to, if they are acts of service, then they will feel much more loved from that. Oh, for sure. Because if you had asked me, hey, do you need me to vacuum for you? And I said, yes, that would certainly be helpful and thoughtful. But because I came home and you did it without even asking, I totally felt that extra deposit into my love bank. And these actions are meant to help or support your partner, whether in small daily tasks or larger, more significant ways. So like I said, it was just vacuuming that might be seen as something small, and it's a weekly task that we do, but it was very helpful to me. But there's also a lot of bigger tasks and projects that Tim is so willing to do. Like there's a dresser that I need to sand and strip, and Tim said that he was going to do that. And so that's kind of a larger, more significant task that is very helpful to me as well. So it's not always these larger tasks that happen. Those for us, I think, happen every once in a while where we do have these projects. But really, it's just a daily task that I can see him doing and I'm blessed by it. Or it can be small daily tasks. It's even something as small as thinking of me when he's getting a drink for himself. 
being able to either ask me, hey, do you want a drink too? Or just getting one and bringing it to me. So it doesn't have to be these large tasks. Although I just thought of a task that he does that really is such a huge help for me. And we were just talking about it this week. And and I was watching him as he was doing math with the kids and all the things that they are learning and how on it and on tasks they are. And I was telling him after, man, I am so thankful that you have taken this huge chunk of homeschooling. And it was never something I asked. He picked it up one day and started doing it. And I might have asked him, hey, can you look over this today? But then he just started doing it with the kids. And then he continued to do it. And it's been, you know, five or six years now. And he's just continued to do it. And I was telling him the other day and tearing up because I was so thankful. And I don't ever want to overlook this huge acts of service because now it's become something that he does and it's his role but it's something that he didn't necessarily have to do. And so even things that he does normally, I want to make sure that I am acknowledging. And that might fall more into words of affirmation, make sure that I'm telling him and thanking him. But it's because I can see this large act of service because sometimes even keeping up with, you know, three or four of them with their reading and their writing and doing the basic things that I'm doing, And I think, oh my gosh, if I had this huge other subject that I have to do consistently, I would feel so overwhelmed. And so that's one of the larger tasks I think that he does that is a huge service to me. And I think this happened this morning. I looked through into the office and I saw you diligently working at the computer and I was like, we don't have any podcasts that we have to edit right now. What's she doing? And I had asked Ruth probably a week or two ago to look at our advertisements to get a different angle or a different look at it compared to how I was doing them. And then I figured I was like, oh, she must have been working on those advertisements. Now I'd asked her to do it a week or two ago. And actually I was just thinking, oh, I need to like ask her to like get back after it or to work on it again. But it definitely was filling my love tank when I saw, oh, okay, I didn't even have to ask her to do it again. She was just on it and working without me having to say anything. And so the last part of this key characteristic is that it requires some level of sacrifice. You have to be giving of yourself. You have to be giving of your time and your effort in order to really achieve this love language. One of the things I always like to say to my clients is just that saying, you know, talk is cheap. And then I also like to add on to there, but actions are expensive. And when you're doing an action for somebody, it costs you something. And unlike words of affirmation, right, it takes very little time. It's just a little bit of effort to think, okay, what do I appreciate about them? But acts of service can be some things that can take you quite a bit more time and quite a bit more effort. And so there is some level of sacrifice that you generally have to do in order to fulfill acts of service. And this certainly isn't always the case. I think sometimes it does involve that sacrifice. But there's times in your relationship where as you're talking about roles and responsibilities and things that you're doing, just even around the house, you figure out like, what is a sacrifice for you? may not be for the other person. And there are times where I'll ask him to do something and I'm like, hey, can you do this? It's such a struggle for me to do. And he's like, oh yeah, of course, I don't mind doing it at all. And so I think there are times where you kind of hit that sweet spot where it works in your marriage and there are things that he does that he doesn't mind doing and then I'll do things that he like really does not like doing and it's not a problem for me. But I do think that sacrifice is important that as you're looking to serve your spouse and you're looking to 
speak to them in their love language, especially if it's not the way you typically give love, it is a sacrifice because you are purposely and intentionally putting someone above yourself and above your own comfort. And instead of being able to just rest on a Saturday, I'm going to sand this dresser for her and then I'm going to paint it. And anytime you do something, you could be doing something else. And so there is that level of sacrifice that happens often. And I think sometimes for me, I can see his sacrifice and I can see that he's being intentional and it's not something that he necessarily wants to do. But that's really impactful and meaningful to me to be able to know that he is doing this because he is trying to love me better and he's trying to serve me. So just a couple things to consider when we're thinking about what are acts of service, something like cooking a meal, doing laundry, or cleaning the house. Cooking a meal, uh, generally I can get a double whammy out of this because I can spend some quality time with Ruth and then we can do it together. But then just helping her with it or us doing it together um, is still an act of service, so I get a double whammy. Right, because my top two with Tim is acts of service and quality time. So you're right, that does hit kind of both of those languages. And you always say, like, whatever we're doing, you're like, I love I love cooking with you. Uh-huh. And I think that's probably why. Other things you could do are running errands or taking care of tasks that your partner finds tedious or stressful. And this is definitely something that Ruth does for me because she goes out and she does, like, the grocery shopping and she runs to all the different places And me as an introvert, that is the bane of my existence. What I have to go be around people and go somewhere. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, So she runs all those errands. And so I don't have to do that. And that's an act of service for me. Other things you can do are unexpected gestures like filling up the car with gas or bringing breakfast in bed or something along those lines. And here's some additional examples of acts of service. You can make coffee for them, do the worst chore for them that they don't want to do. Clean out the car for them, pack their lunch, clean the bathroom. Although for some people, maybe that is the worst chore. You can walk the dog, fold and put away laundry, mow the lawn, watch the kids. And a lot of these I'm getting from the Love Nudge app, which is the Five Love Languages app. But just that specific one, watch the kids. Tim and I definitely approach parenting where we are both parenting together and When I go out with my friends, I don't say dad's babysitting you because he's so present and he knows that he's just dadding, (laughs) that that's just his role. And so even with the kids, we always make sure that they don't see it as dad's babysitting. So this idea of watching the kids, when I think of that as an act of service, I think of maybe Tim being able to tell me like, hey, why don't you sleep in today and I'll get up with the kids. Or other times where he just offers to kind of take the point so that I can go and do something with friends. Some others are taking out the trash, making the bed, letting your partner sleep in, vacuuming the house, which we talked about, or emptying the dishwasher. And there are tons of things that you could do as an act of service. And a big thing in these love languages is really understanding and watching and studying your spouse so you know what will be a blessing to them? Because like we already talked about, something that blesses one person, the other person might not find that helpful at all. Or like the example Tim gave in the very beginning, as he's blowing the leaves and she really needs help inside, even though he's doing that acts of service, it's not exactly what they're hoping for and needing in that moment. 
And so part of this is communicating with your partner and asking your partner what specific acts of service are most meaningful to them. And this could be on a broad scale, just like in general, if that's your partner's love language, ask them, what are some things that are most meaningful for you that I can do for you? But it can also be season specific or week specific. So this week, what are some things that I can do that will be most meaningful to you or be most helpful to you? So the other thing is just trying to notice what tasks seem to weigh heavily on them. So throughout the week, if it's like, oh my gosh, I got to vacuum or like, I don't know when I'm going to find time to do that or something like that. That's a cue. That's something I can notice. Okay. That's burdening on her. She's thinking about this on her mind. She's not sure how she's going to fit that into the schedule. And so if I just then take that and run with it, then I know that she's going to get a lot of benefit from that. And that's going to fill up her love bank a lot. Another tip is to appreciate when your partner performs access services for you, acknowledge their efforts. And this is a benefit to them because you want to make sure they know that they're appreciated and that you see what they do and what they're doing and how intentional they're being and how thoughtful and helpful. But it also becomes a benefit for you because when you appreciate your spouse, it causes them to want to do that more often. But if they do something and they go out of their way to do something for you and you don't even acknowledge it or you don't even notice it, then it may be for them like, oh, it didn't even matter to her. And so being able to acknowledge and appreciate those acts of service is really going to help both of you. So what we're going to talk about now are what are some of the impacts that this can have on the relationship when you're meeting your partner's love language of acts of service. One thing that can be greatly impacted is the feeling of love and appreciation. When you're meeting your partner's need for acts of service, it really can impress upon them how much you care and how much you're thinking about them. So that's one of the things that kind of is universal about all these love languages is that when you're taking the time to identify what your partner's love language is and you're diving into it, they really do feel much more loved by those actions. And so if you want to increase the positive bond between you and your partner, you really want to take that time and effort to pour into these love languages because it will enhance your relationship. Another impact on your relationship is that it reduces stress and conflict over household responsibilities. And so like I said, because of the season we're in with our five kids and working and doing things outside of the house and getting kids to different sports and dance and homeschool groups, and different activities. There is a lot that we have to do. And so acts of service in this season of our lives is such a huge thing for me. And so us both speaking this love language and both knowing that there are areas that can really help each other and knowing the weight of all that we have to do, it definitely reduces that stress and the conflict that happens for us. And the last one we're going to talk about is that it fosters a deeper sense of partnership and teamwork. And I think that only makes natural sense because the other person can depend on you. Okay, they can pick up slack where I'm struggling or they'll just come out of nowhere and help me even if maybe I'm not struggling. And this is one of the things I really appreciate. So Ruth, because she is quality time, she does like to do acts of service kind of in tandem. But I love when I'm doing something and I can't be doing something else. And then she's doing that something else because then it feels like, oh, that's really efficient use of time here. It's we're getting two different things done at the same time. And I really like that. 
So that aspect makes me feel like, oh yeah, there's teamwork here and she's dependable and I appreciate that. And she really likes it when we're doing those acts together. And one of the things you want to make sure that you kind of check yourself on is feeling like whatever your spouse's love language is, that it's this obligation that is just irritating and frustrating for you because you don't speak that language. But really these acts should come from a place of genuine love and desire to make your partner's life better and remove some of the burden from their life. And so as you're serving and loving your spouse, make sure that it's coming from a good place. And the last section we want to talk about is what are things to avoid if your spouse's love language is acts of service? So a big one to avoid is neglecting promises or commitments. If you commit to doing something for your partner, make sure that you follow through with it. Because failing to keep your word can really be interpreted as a lack of care or respect for them. And I would say in addition to this, avoid ignoring your spouse's requests and neglecting your promises while then helping others. Because I think if they see that and they see what they said they're going to do this for me, and it's not a matter of them just not doing it, but now they do have time to even do things for other people it kind of places those other people above your spouse and their needs. Another one is expecting reciprocity. So if you perform an act of service for your partner, the benefit that you are getting from that is increasing or enhancing the feeling of love between you two. But if you then in turn say, okay, I did this for you, now you do this for me, then that's the reward you're going to get is you're now getting this action done. You're not really going to get that deposit into the love bank if you turn it into a quid pro quo type situation. And this one we kind of talked about earlier, but another thing to avoid is overlooking small opportunities for service. That a lot of times it's the small things that count the most. And ignoring those minor opportunities could be a big missed opportunity. And I would agree with this. At the end of the night, when I am closing up downstairs and cleaning up, when I notice that Tim kind of cleared counters off or cleared the table off, or pre-washed all the dishes in the sink, or took out the trash. Like those are all a lot of small things at the end of the night that really for me takes a lot of time because all those small tasks add up so much. And so it could really take me, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to do things. And if I came upstairs and he asked me, oh, what'd you do? A lot of times I think it's hard to kind of encapsulate all that I've done because it's a lot of small things that have just added up. And I think a lot of times for moms, it feels like that, where you're doing these small things throughout the day. You know, you're going outside and you're picking up shoes, and then you're switching the laundry over, and then you're just throwing away some trash on the counter, and then you're putting some cups away. You know, it's all these small little things that really begin to add up. And so don't overlook those small opportunities for service. The next thing is complaining or showing reluctance. Now, when you are doing an act of service, your goal is to make your partner feel more loved. But if you are going to grumble and complain, that then is your reward. Your reward was you got to grumble and complain. The reward is not your partner is going to feel more connected to you and more loving of you because you chose to grumble and complain. If you want to do it, you put a smile on your face, you'd be happy and you'd be proud that you did this act of service for them. And the last thing to avoid is ignoring their specific preferences or requests. And so every person has different needs and preferences, but ignoring these things that they've asked you to do or what you know would be helpful to them and doing what you think is best or what is easier for you 
rather than what they actually want or need can be counterproductive. And this is kind of like the story that Tim told in the beginning where she asked for help inside the house cleaning and he blew the leaves away and he painted the trim, but he was ignoring the specific things that she was asking him to do. Now, if you're listening to all this and you're thinking, man, my partner could never do any acts of service for me because I am a perfectionist and they will never do it up to my standard. And so when they do those things, I just get annoyed and irritated. Well, there's something that we can do to help out with that. Ruth and I launched Coaching with Truth, and that's where you can work with either of us, where we will work through some of these difficult issues with you if you're struggling with perfectionism and you can never reach that high standard of perfectionism and you're tired of always striving for the impossible. We can help you learn to be more comfortable in your own skin and with your own efforts, but also with the efforts of other people. Now, if this sounds interesting to you, we have a link in our description below where you can either set up a free 15-minute consultation with us or another link where you could just set up a session and we'd get working right away. Also, we have another resource for you guys out there. If you'd like to join our Facebook community, we're going to have a post in there where we're going to be discussing what is each person's favorite act of service. And so you can also find a link in our description below that'll bring you straight there. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988. Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.